So what is it like for women to work in fast fashion companies in Bangladesh? They're fainting in the factories. They're not eating enough. They're definitely not, never eating enough. And these women that are working, they have children. And sometimes they take their children to work. They're working day and night. And they're like earning $41 a month, which cannot support a family. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the other side of the story. My name is Nina, and we're here today to talk about fast fashion in Bangladesh. In order to do that, I'm here with my dear friend and speaker, Sherlyn. Would you like to go ahead and introduce yourself, please? Hello, everybody. I am Sherlyn Faithful. I am 16 years old, and I am from Bangladesh. Thank you so much for being here, Sherlyn. I really appreciate it. Before we start, I just wanted to remind you that this is the second of three episodes Sherlyn and I made about Bangladesh. So if you want to know more about women's rights in Bangladesh, you should check out the previous episode where we talk about the LGBTQ community, beauty standards and sexism in Bangladesh. You should definitely stay tuned for the final episode about Bangladesh, where we talk about the extreme violence against women in Bangladesh. But let's talk about fast fashion. Fast fashion is a huge topic and in this episode we will focus on women's rights in regards to this issue and will not go into detail on child labor and the big influence that fast fashion has on our environment. Let's jump in. Shilin. I mean, you obviously never worked in the fast fashion industry, but tell me about a bit What do you see about this issue on a day-to-day basis? Well, it is a big thing in our country. And it is almost like like the 80% of total exports that happen in Bangladesh are of garments. So like anything you can buy in H&M, Zara, Hollister, and many other brands, like the rejected products you can see in the streets of Bangladesh getting sold off in bulks and in very cheap then the actual thing is like cost. And so if it's not good enough to be sold in Europe or in the US, then this is what you like sell? Is that what you meant? Yes, like it is sold in like, you know, thrift kind of thrift shops mm-hmm. in Bangladesh. Like it's sold for really cheap and you can bargain and make them even cheaper. So that's a thing. And then and but like it gets... The women who are working in the sweatshops get so little. And then when when I think about, I don't know, Hollister or like these, even these like very like fancy brands, they are yes. selling them here for such a high price. And like the yes. workers don't get to see anything of it, like such a small exactly. part. They, they know everything. Oh, now it's like the age of internet and they know everything. They know like how fancy it is to wear these clothes that they're stitching by their own hands they're making by their own hands they're painting on it by their own hands for so much little money and people are wearing it and it's high fashion in some countries yeah it is and like it makes me so angry and so sad because like i'm here you know i'm at i'm at the other part of the line and like people people 
I don't know. I feel like some people don't know about fast fashion, but they or some like they do know. Oh, like the workers don't get paid much, but like they're like, oh, but it's so cheap. For example, like Primark, it's really crazy. It's so cheap. Like you can get so much for so little money, and then people are obsessed with it, and they're like buying so much, or like Shein, or like these brands. Shein. Oh my! Don't even get, don't even get me started on Shein. <laughs> it's like the worst. Yeah. Thing ever. Like, Do you have like factories from Shein in Bangladesh? Is it? Yes, I definitely think. Like I have seen some Shein clothing here and there in some thrift shops that look like they could be factory reject. So like it's a, probably a very hush hush business for Shein. Because mm-hmm. H and M, Zara, these brands are open about it. Yeah. And Shein is not really open about it because look at this, they're sponsoring Instagram models and even like actual models who are walking the runways they're sponsoring them and they're getting a lot of money out of them so if something like something so scary like oh my god women like disadvantaged women working for like day and night and getting so much little from them and they're selling so many clothes at such a higher price comes out it would be shameful for them so i bet it's it's a very hush-hush business for Shein, unlike zara yeah like i feel like everybody knows about h&m and things but can you tell me i like i feel like i have no picture in my head what a factory reject really looks like is it like not 100 perfect most of the times it's not very obvious okay i have this one h&m shirt like a t-shirt it it has a, the beatles print on it and one of the sleeves is bigger than the other And that was the fault. Sometimes okay, there okay. are clothes with like maybe the print on it was like a little, little bit messed up and like the paint got messed up or even the stitches got inverted in some way. Okay. So these are like the factory rejects. Okay. Okay. Now I get it. Then like they don't want it anymore. Yes. It's okay. not even that obvious to be honest. I don't know. I've never heard about it, but it kind of makes sense that you... Of course, mistakes happen, but fast fashion is also a women's problem because, as you said, yes. like how how much percent is just women workers? Eighty five percent out of three million people. Yeah, I imagine. Yeah, and like all of them are from economically disadvantaged like backgrounds. Yeah, yeah, it's really and sad. It is sad, and like from to quote from Teen Vogue. Like they said that fast fashion is undeniably feminist and like a feminist issue because it disproportionately disempowers women because they're working day and night and they're like earning $41 a month, which cannot support a family of, let's say, four people. Then they have to support themselves. Yeah. And the sad thing is they can just say, oh, like I've heard these arguments here um, in Europe before, like, oh, why don't they just leave the factories if their working conditions are so bad? Like It is because they don't have another choice. And if they say, no, I'm, I'm quitting, there will be another person who will work for less because they are they need the job, right? It's definitely not that easy as like, why don't you just leave the job? These yeah. women in question are not privileged in any way. They don't have enough anything. They don't have enough food 
for themselves, let alone bit alone their family. Let's not even bring their family in the question. These most of the times, these women are the head of the family. They're working for their kids, their husbands. Sometimes their husbands leave them, and they have that one burden to take care of their kids and feed their kids and send them to school. Or like most of the times, they don't even finish third grade. But, okay. And girls obviously stay illiterate. Yeah, this is also a problem that. But the illiteracy rate in Bangladesh is not very high. Like I read that about ninety-five yeah, percent. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's definitely getting better. Like better because of internet and like many organizations are like coming up front and helping women. So it's like a really good thing. Like many are like after the Rana Plaza incident, many organizations came forward and like spoke up about how. Garment workers are getting mistreated, and their unfair wages and everything. Please, would you like to explain what the Rana Plaza collapse was for those who don't know? So, like from my knowledge, as I was very little at that time, I just remember it. Just it was a garment. It was a huge garment factory. It was a tall building which was not built right. The foundation was very weak. And as for the number of people working there, it was packed. It was packed with people and equipments and every single thing. So it was not strong enough to hold that much people, that many people. And there were signs of it like breaking down, but nobody did anything about it. It just didn't happen in just a in a bit. It just it took time, like the it took time to break. And one day it just collapsed, and the doors were locked, and so that like nobody can steal anything from the garment, and people couldn't ex- escape because of that. And many many lives were lost, and many people were not even found after. Thanks to God, many people were rescued, and they're doing all right. But there are family members who still mourn, and they still go to. That one place, and to mourn on the day it collapsed, like people who were not found. Yes, exactly. This was two thousand thirteen. This is not very long ago, and like this is like I feel like this was also in Western media, and yeah. was a little bit like a, a shock to people that oh, like this is where the people are working, and this. Is the reason why I can buy my two dollar T shirt because people have to work under these conditions. Exactly, twelve hours a day, and she's getting forty one dollars a month, and you are buying the products for two dollars. Exactly, and then you're like, oh my god, I'm such a smart kid. <laughs> like I have all the bargains. Like I'm so smart. I'm wearing holster. Exactly. <laughs> But I do feel like I see a little change. Like people are going to secondhand shops, and like they're like it gets more awareness and attention now, but still not enough. Not enough, and this is also an issue, you know. Like thrifting is like an aesthetic right now. It's in fashion, in my opinion. Thrifting is in fashion because all the cool kids are thrifting. Yeah. Yeah, and because all the cool kids are thrifting, I must thrift as well. And when all the cool kids will stop thrifting and they will start buying the fast fashion products again, we'll just go back to 
yeah Holocaust. it's a trend right now also yeah you're very yes. right thank you but for example i will share the story of of the very other side right i know people here in austria who like when they need um something they will just for example they need a dress they will order like 10 dresses from like these as we discussed before these brands where you know that they are like fast fashion like very cheap or some are not even cheap but they're still made in sweatshops and then they would just keep like one or two and then they will just I don't know, throw the others away or send them back and like not even think about it anymore. And like sometimes the clothes that are like sent back, they're also like they come to these third world countries. And like how you see like like I told you about like thrift shops in Bangladesh that sell factory mm -hmm. rejects. Mm -hmm. They also have rejects from people who throw away their clothes. Like you see a cloth and like you see a piece of clothing and you completely understand here like if that's a factory reject or if that is like a, a person threw the threw away that cloth or something how do you see the difference like a factory reject like i said it would have some faults mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and the other and one something and, and the other one would be like flawless just old but flawless oh something God. that can still be worn triggers me so much like i am really making an effort to not buy things firsthand anymore like i try to You I still cannot help it. Yeah, like, but I'm, I'm only human. Sometimes I do Yes, exactly. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> but I'm trying and I feel like if you... Like the more you know, like I've watched also a lot of documentaries about it and like we also learn about it in school, like I did. But the more you know about it, the more terrifying it is that it's just so against all human rights what like the factory workers have to go through like some even don't go to the bathroom or like they're just legit crying or like they they don't make breaks to eat or they just it's just hardcore work they're fainting in the factories they're not eating enough they're definitely not never eating enough and they have children these women that are working they have children and sometimes they take their children to work and you have to look look after a child you cannot just work 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 and the child can just be like in the background it needs your attention and sometimes they cannot even get that because the system is so strict yeah. that when when you're working you should just work and everything is just so fast it's just you get a piece of clothing and then you stamp on or whatever you see on it and the next and it just keeps going on and on that you cannot even focus on yourself and you forget even you forget about your hunger or even the child you brought with at work so heartbreaking but i feel like it is kind of like a letter system right you know the ones above are like the company owners and they're like no we can't sell them more like i literally i've researched it a lot like why is no like why do people know about it and they don't change it and it's just like i feel like the argument goes like Oh, the factory owner is like, no, I can't pay the workers more because then I have to make the product more expensive and then they will not buy it anymore. And then as you go down the ladder, like, I don't know, the factory manager is like, no, I can't give them more money because I don't get more money from the from my boss. Right. And then the next one goes like, oh, no, I don't get more money from my boss. And so the ones who suffer are the ones who are really down the ladder. 
like definitely at the bottom they suffer the most then like people like i cannot even like express their pain through words because i haven't been through it and i don't exactly know what happens like no god knows what happens behind the scenes only they know and they cannot even speak up because mm-hmm. what are they going to do after speaking up get a job it's yeah, not possible exactly exactly and i feel like yeah we we just know what we see right i also i was also thinking about this like uh, all the research you can do like it is probably worse behind the scenes as you said it definitely is we just know the surface level things that are coming to the light yes and lastly i want to say that i really hope that our approach to fast fashion changes and that factory workers get better working conditions and fair loans but I also hope that the consumer's approach will hopefully change and people will start thinking if they need that new dress or if they will invest more money into fair fashion where they know where it comes from. I mean, this obviously has a strong financial aspect to it because not everybody can afford to buy more expensive clothes who are like fair fashion. But there are so many people who could definitely afford to buy fa- fair fashion and could make sure that the people who made this did not have to suffer. Yes. So yes, let's let's hope the future goes in this direction. Thank you so much Erlin for being here and to share all these like inside information I'd say about the fast fashion industry. Thank also. you for having me. <laughs> You're such a fun person. I loved it. I loved every single of being here and every single second of talking to you. Oh my god. <laughs> Thank you. Same. Thank you so much also for all the listeners who took the time and listened to this episode. Maybe next time you buy something in a store you know that is probably fast fashion, you will think about Jolene and me talking about this issue. We just make everybody hate shopping. <laughs> but anyways um if you like this episode make sure to follow us on spotify or on any other platform you're listening to this right now let us know your thoughts we have an instagram account that's pretty cool actually (laughs) it's called the other side of the story podcast and i'll see you next time with the final episode about bangladesh see you there and bye bye